Okay, before I get to my next guest, Keith Herson, I want to give a shout out to a few more of our sponsors, starting with our friends over at Finn Cycles. It's time to rethink golf. The game is at a tipping point. The young people we need in the game don't have four and a half hours to spend out on the course. Pairing Finn Cycles with a desire to play ready golf can cut playing time in half because all golfers go directly to their own golf ball. Plus, it's tons of fun. Go online to finscooters.com and click on Find a Finn for a course that has them near you. I also want to give a shout out to our friends over at Golf Pride. Did you know that Golf Pride lets you rep your favorite team while also using the number one grip in golf? Your team, your grip, MCC Hybrid Grips, the number one grip series worldwide. Features an exclusive brush cotton cord in the upper hand for all-weather performance with premium rubber in the lower hand for added feel. The new MCC Team Series is available in a variety of new color combinations so you can rep your favorite team out on the course. Available in standard and midsize. Check it out online by going to golfpride.com. And folks, this segment of the show is sponsored by our friends over at the PGA Tour Superstore. This segment of the show is brought to you by the PGA Tour Superstore. See why golfers everywhere are proud to call PGA Tour Superstore their golf pro shop. Visit them online at PGATourSuperstore.com. Now back to Chris and more of the show. Okay, now back, and I'm honored to say this, for a ninth time with me here on Next on the Tee is my all-time favorite author and one of my favorite individuals, period, and that's Keith Hirschland. Keith is a wonderful friend. He's been a great supporter of the show, which I'm very thankful for. He is an Emmy Award-winning TV producer. He has produced shows for ESPN, ESPN2, and the Golf Channel. In fact, Keith was among the original people that started the Golf Channel back in 1995. He's written four wonderful books, the first being titled Cover Me, Boys, I'm Going In, Tales of the Tube from a Broadcast Brat, which is my all-time favorite book. He's also written three other wonderful books, Big Flies, The Flower Girl Murder, and his latest is titled Murphy Murphy in the Case of Serious Crisis, which, oh, by the way, was named Book of the Year by Book Talk Radio Club. I hear there's a fifth book coming out, which I can't wait to read, and I'm honored to have Keith back with me again tonight here on Next on the T. Hey, Keith, how are you, my friend? Thanks for coming back on the show. Oh, I'm doing great, Chris, and I just I can't thank you enough. I, I can, first of all, I can't believe it's been nine. This is the ninth time. It always feels like the first time when I talk to you. But uh, I'm always so thrilled when I get a message from you asking uh, asking me to be on your show because it's always such a pleasure, and I enjoy I enjoy our time together. I appreciate that very much, as do I, my friend. So, Keith, um, you know, one of the obviously major topics of the night is the PGA Championship for drama. I'm not sure how much better the final round could have been. What were your thoughts about what you were watching? Well, I, it was it was amazing and it was crazy and and I kind of had, you know, I I can't watch uh, I can't watch sports on television and specifically golf on television as just just a viewer, just a fan. I, um, you know, I was involved in the production of of golf for so long, you know almost 25 more than 25 years and and so i you know i always i'm not a lot of fun to watch a golf tournament with uh, <laughs> as my wife will attest <laughs> but um you know i i i watched uh, i watched it with you know i try to watch it with these several hats on you know the fan the viewer you know a, a lover of the game and then also as a person that's been in the truck before and i and, you know and i can never separate those things um Completely. So I love the drama of it. I love the story. I was shocked that Kepka 
played those par fives so poorly and you know that that back and forth in the first six or seven holes where there were two and three shot swings and you know it was crazy uh just you know trying to think about what it would have been like inside the truck and then i also you know sat there also saying to myself you know why aren't they showing like where's Cantley? he's only he's three under he's still in this why aren't they showing more of this player why aren't they showing more of that player you know so um it was just it was one of those days that um was completely unexpected but uh you know you couldn't turn away it was it was just it was must see tv so were you enjoying it just for the the mere entertainment of what you were watching or were you nervous cuz i was i was on edge because i i just wanted Phil to win so badly i wanted him to pull this off i didn't want it to get thrown away and we've seen Phil throw some tournaments away like the 2006 US Open i i just didn't want him to do anything foolish and and ruin this and then Brooks just sort of runs away with it so were you were you right. sitting back and enjoying what you were watching or were you nervous at all for what, you know, because um, we never know what Phil's going to do. Yeah, that's for sure. And I guess, you know, and I hope this doesn't ruin our friendship um, going forward. But, you know, I, I, I'm I, not sure that it, it's, and I, and I, to put this, you know, in a, in a kind way, you know, Phil, Phil's never been my favorite <laughs> player. So, um, I, but I'm just, I don't say that meaning I dislike him at all. I just, he's never been my favorite. I was surprised that, um, I think I watched the whole thing, um, pretty much expecting, even as it got down to 14, 15, 16, and 17, expecting something bad to happen and that, you know, that Louie was going to end up winning or somebody other than Phil was going to end up winning. And when Phil kept, you know, doing what exactly what he needed to do to maintain his lead or keep it going. And then finally, you know, you just sat there when he, you know, when he got it, on the green at 17 and you know you knew that the worst he was going to make was bogey it was like well this you know he's actually going to do this and i actually had to think back um we never i never produced a phil mickelson win he you know he just didn't it was kind of like tiger um you know i was fortunate enough to produce one of tiger's wins the uh the disney tournament that he won in 1996 um but then he stopped playing golf tournaments, you know, he stopped being in the field of the tournaments that the golf channel televised. So, and I never got to, uh, I never got to produce a Phil win, but I was the replay producer, uh, in 1991 for ESPN when Phil won, uh, the Northern Telecom Open at Star Pass in Tucson as an amateur. So I was there that day, that week in the truck, um, and so I just thought back and I thought, my gosh, that, you know, that was 30 years ago. <laughs> and, and here is this guy who won as a kid, you know, he was a college student in 1991. And, you know, I was just, you know, fortunate enough to, to be, you know, to be there in person. And then here he is 30 years later winning a major championship. And, you know, at 50 years old, it's like, it's astounding. It's just, you know, you just, it's it's something that is hard to put into into words how how incredibly um impressive that is that you know he's he's been so good for so long Keith I know and you you sort of alluded to this a moment ago but I know you and our our good friend Matthew Lawrence so you guys often cringe 
when you're listening <laughs> to a TV broadcaster describe what's going on, describing the things that we can obviously all see because we're watching it on television. What are you screaming at the TV for them to do? Um, you know, I think it's more than anything else. I, you know, I, uh, I come from it and, and Matthew does too. And just because he's a, he's a, he's a veteran of the, of the industry, not necessarily, you know, golf, but certainly of, of, you know, film and television. But I, you know, I come to it, at least I, I feel like I, I come to it with some experience having been in the truck for, you know, almost three decades. And you, you know, I just, I can't help but watch golf and think about how I would, you know, what would I be doing in that, in that circumstance? And like I said, for me, I was always, you know, I was always cognizant of showing as much golf as I possibly could. I mean, that was my one, that was kind of my mantra. Uh, and our team was, you know, to show as many players as we could. You know, I didn't, I, I just, couldn't bring myself to show guys just walking around or, you know, I made it a mission of mine to, you know, to show the, the only top end I ever wanted to show was the winner, the last putt on the 18th, on the 72nd hole, you know, to win the golf tournament because, you know, a, a professional golfer standing over a one foot putt is not compelling television. I mean, you know, you record it in case that one in a million chance that they miss it happens, but there's no reason to stay there and show it live when you can show another player hitting a, a full-on golf shot. So I think I, you know, I kind of lightly scream at the producer to show more golf. And then, you know, as you and I have talked about a number of times, uh, for the most part, announcers just drive me crazy in general. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I know they're paid to talk, but, you know, it's like I wish that they would pay them not to talk quite so much. But um <laughs> that's, that's been a, a pet peeve of mine, my entire career. And the people that I have been fortunate enough to work with, and then some of them who might even say they were fortunate to work for or with me, um, know that, you know, that's, that's one of my, my pet peeves. I wish I had a dollar for every time I said be quiet to an announcer in the truck. <laughs> but, uh. <laughs> to that end, Keith, and you know, I've had Ben Wright on the show many times and, and he's yeah. told the story about how you know, producer Frank Turkinian used to, you know, scream in their ears to shut the F up. You know, even yeah. you know, throughout the 70s and 80s when Ben worked for him. Why, why is that such a problem? You know, not, not being able to be quiet. Is it the fear of the silence? Like we all seem to have if a conversation goes silent a little bit, we get, we get uneasy. Or is it a draw? I want to draw attention to myself. Why is that an issue? Uh, you know, I think it's a little bit of all of that. And I also think that, you know, it's, it's it's an incredibly difficult sport um from a production end you know as as you know it's you know it's spread out the production is spread out over you know what what is now almost 8000 yards um the you know communication is you know you're not looking at you know there i'm not looking at my announcers you know i'm not you know, there, there are the, the, the main announcers are in a booth or in a, tri uh, 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 tower, you know, spread out on the last few holes of the golf course. When we did it, you know, our, our system was to have two announcers in the 18th, at the 18th green or in a booth near the 18th green and then two or three announcers that were out on the golf course. So, 
you know, the, the communication is they're wearing headsets and they can hear the broadcast, but they can hear the broadcast kind of. And they can hear me, but, you know, there's a lot going on down there on the ground, especially in a crowd like there was at PGA Championship. And, you know, I never produced a PGA Championship, but I produced some, you know, some pretty decent events. And and when the crowd gets roaring and the excitement gets going and, you know, it's 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 hard to hear. I think it's hard sometimes for the announcers to hear the broadcast in their headsets. And it's also hard for them to hear instructions from the producer or me or whoever it is that's trying to talk to them. So I don't, I don't think that it's, I don't think it's a conscious effort to, to, well, I think for some of them, it's a conscious effort that they, you know, it's like, here's my chance to say something and, you know, I'm going to get, especially now in the world of social media, I'm going to get, you know, get it retweeted and I'm going to have somebody remember this and it's going to go down as a, you know, a, 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 a thing that plays over and over again and, you know, on people's phones or in people's tablets. But um, I just think that I think these guys, and I know I'm talking a lot now, which I, you know, shouldn't be doing and take my own <laughs> advice, but I think these guys, uh, you know, they're, 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 they were for the most part, great players or great caddies or, you know, have been really good broadcasters throughout their careers. And, that, you know, especially the players that have turned announcers or the caddies that have turned announcers, they have a lot of good stuff to say. So, you know, you kind of, when you're down there or when you're one of them or when you're talking, you know, when you're on the, on the golf course, you want to impart that information to the viewer. It's just that fine line between letting the moment play out, letting the, letting the, 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 the scene breathe and bringing in some insight. And, you know, there are, there are, quite frankly, there are very few that walk that fine line well. And, um, you know, you got to celebrate those folks when you find them. Keith, as we think about the four majors, there's something I was talking to Keith Jarvis at the top of the show about. When you look at those four majors, how do you rank them in terms of importance? <laughs> what's the, what's your favorite? What's the most important one, one through four? Um, Geez, I know I listened to Keith's answer and, you know, I, I, um, I, I would put, he approached it, you know, from a different set of, set of criteria. And I, I would, I would approach it from, you know, just being a fan and having played golf my entire life. And, um, I would, I think I would, I love the Masters, um, as a, as a, as a, as a television spectacle. I think, my favorite it would be the U.S. Open. Um, I just, you know, it was one of those things growing up. That was the one that, as the sun was setting and you're, you know, you're an eight-year-old kid at the local muni hitting putts as it's getting dark, and you know, this five-footer would be to win. It would all, it would always be to win the U.S. Open. Um, I just think the national championship is, is you know, the most important golf tournament that that uh, that professionals and amateurs. Um, ever get a chance to play in and, and to win a national championship would be, you know, kind of the, the ultimate. And then I would put the Masters as like 1A, um, followed, um, you know, the, the, I think the PGA, the PGA and the British Open are also like, would be like, if I can just cheat and say 2, 2A for the British Open and 
and 2B for the PGA Championship. And, and the British, I just say that only because it's a great, they're both great events. Um, I think the PGA Championship is starting to go to maybe some, some better golf courses now. And the British Open is so weather dependent that, um, you know, it sometimes can, to me, can, can, uh, you know, affect my enjoyment of the tournament and then the outcome of the tournament. So I think, I think I would put those just slightly behind the U.S. Open and the Masters. But I mean, the, you know, like he said, they are, you know, and there isn't a bad major. I mean, they're all amazing and <laughs> awesome. And, you know, you look forward to this. And I love the fact the way that they, they have scheduled them now with the PGA Championship in May. I think it's been a great move. And, you know, you just look forward to that stretch that, that, you know, every three weeks or every, you know, once a month, there's going to be something great on TV in terms of golf. Keith, a couple of months ago, we were debating on Twitter about the two most influential golfers of all time. For me, it's Bobby Jones and Jack Nicklaus. I believe you said it was Arnold Palmer and Tiger Woods. Talk about why you chose those two. Um, I think that uh, for me, Arnold, and I think it's partly because uh, I, I picked Arnold because, um, you know, he was, he was, he was my major influence when I was growing up in the game of golf. He was, you know, it was like he was the most popular player by a long shot when I was starting to learn the game and, and starting to play the game and the most influential. And I think that as I look back and having had this unbelievable, and I know that that's a word that Keith said is should be stricken from the vocabulary. And I kind of agree with him, but I mean, I had the amazing, um, uh, uh, opportunity to spend time with Mr. Palmer, um, in the, in the 13, you know, through, through 2000 and, and the 2000s, 1995 to 2000 when we were at the Golf Channel together. And, uh, even before that, when I was with ESPN Golf and he was just such a, such an incredible person and such an influential person. And he brought the game, um, you know, to the masses thanks to the, Thanks to the advent of television and, and sports being on television. So I think that's, that's probably the main reason I picked Mr. Palmer. And then Tiger, I just think he transcended the sport. Um, as great as Jack is, uh, you know, um, I just think Tiger just took it to the next level where, you know, he's responsible now for all the things that these guys are playing for in terms of money and in terms of prestige and, and the fact that he still, you know, we hope that He'll be able to come back from this latest, um, this latest accident and, and, and play again. But I mean, just, you know, that 2019 Masters victory was just, you know, something that you just, it, I, you get goosebumps still thinking about it. So I think that, you know, he influenced, he made the game, you know, just, it became a, a spectacle and, and, you know, you just, it, you couldn't turn away whenever he's playing. And still, for me, anyway, he's still, he's still the guy that if, He's playing on a Thursday or Friday. He's the group I want to watch. Keith, just a couple more before I let you go. And for those folks who don't know, your lovely wife, Sarah, is the CEO of the U.S. Olympic Committee. So how is she holding up, particularly with the <laughs> CDC placing their highest warning against traveling to Japan, yep. saying vaccinated people shouldn't even go? And here we are just a few weeks away from the Summer Olympics in Tokyo. Yeah, it's been quite a ride. I mean, she's talk about a roller coaster that Phil was on, that roller coaster that she's been on. It's been incredible. Um, 
see, you know, that was a bit of, that was a little bit of a blow that, that, uh, notice from the CDC and the State Department. But, um, you know, they're full speed ahead. They, the games are going to happen. USA is going to, uh, Team USA is going to, going to go and represent and, and, you know, win as many medals as they can. And she's, you know, she's, she's soldiering on. It's been a, it's been quite a ride and she's, um, you know, she couldn't be more excited and more thrilled to, you know, lead this delegation of athletes and coaches and trainers and all the folks that are going to, to Tokyo and at the end of July. And, um, you know, she's keeping her fingers crossed too, though, because you know, you know, this whole pandemic thing has been a, a, you know, a kick in the pants to a lot of us for a long time. You know, what, just when you think maybe you're round in the bend, you're just afraid that, that some bad news is just around the corner. So, but as of now, uh, you know, all, all signs point, point to go and, uh, Team USA is, is going to be ready and she's getting ready to go out over the next handful of weeks to, uh, to a bunch of the trials around the country to watch and see who ultimately ends up, uh, representing our country and in, in the Tokyo game. So, um, she's thrilled to be going and to, had the contingent and, you know, I'll have to sit back here and watch and support her from however many miles away it is and, and watch everything on, on NBC and the Olympic channel and Peacock and anywhere else I can get, get to watch. Keith, like I mentioned in your intro, your uh, latest book, Murphy Murphy was the book talk radio club book of the year. Huge congratulations like that, huh? to I you know. on that. That's got to make you feel good. It was good. Complete surprise, and uh, I was thrilled when I heard the news. And you know, I, um, it's it's always nice when when somebody else recognizes your work and thinks it's worthy of 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 mention. So yeah, it's uh, it's something I'm really proud of. And um, you know, the book has has gotten a lot of good reviews, and uh, people seem to enjoy it. And I'm glad because you know, when I wrote it, it was you know, I I tried to make it. Uh, a little fun and a little unserious and, and, uh, I wanted it to be an enjoyable read. And it seems like from every, all the feedback that I'm getting so far that, uh, that people find it that way, but you got to wait for song girl, Chris, it's coming out in the next, probably the next month or so. The, the publisher has it right now and, uh, they're putting the finishing touches on it. And I, I'm hoping that, uh, over the next uh, course of the next two or three weeks that we'll get a, a final proof and I'll get to approve it. And, We'll get it in the bookstores and, uh, you'll be interested, as I've told you before, that, uh, there's a very, uh, uh, important, influential character in the book named C.T. Mascaro. So you're going to have to, I'm going to, I'm going to send you a copy of it and then I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait anxiously for your review. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm excited to get it. I, you have, you have been great about sharing that with me and that's a, a huge honor and I can't thank you enough for, for thinking enough of me to make me a character in, uh, in your latest book or your upcoming book. For those that, uh, that don't know when you go in and you, and you read Murphy Murphy, which is outstanding and oh, by the way, it's available as an audio book too. So if, uh, if you're not a reader, but you, but, uh, you're going to love this book because it's fantastic. You can on your commute go to Audible. And, uh, you can listen to the, the book being read to you, which is, which is awesome. And in there, you, you've made characters of some other, you know, good friends of ours, Judith Coleman, Matthew Lawrence, who we've mentioned is, is also a character in there, as is John McGinnis. So, 
a lot of good friends are, are in that book. And uh, like I say, I'm privileged and honored that I'll be a part of the next one. So thank you very much for that, Keith. Well, I thank you, and I thank all those folks too, because you know it's one of the it's one of the things that uh, that coming up with character names is, is not my strength. And so when it, when I, I always feel fortunate when I ask somebody that I know if I can borrow their name for a character in the book, they say yes. So, um, you know, I try and, uh, I try and make sure that I don't embarrass them too much. And I think again, you're going to, you're going to like a lot about, uh, this, this mascara, mascara character in, in Song Girl. Um, so, you know, I thank you for allowing me to use your name and I thank those folks too. And everybody's been really supportive as, as I've, you know, embarked on this, this, uh, reimagining of my, my career. So, uh, I, I'm just, I'm really having a ball with it. Keith, for our listeners that want to get a copy of your books and keep up to date with all the great things you're doing, let them know how they can do that. And, oh, by the way, read your blog, which is also fantastic on your website and then, uh, keep up to date with you on social media as well. Ah, great. Thanks. Yeah. It's, uh, the website is Keith Hersland, one word, KeithHersland.com, and all the books are there, and there are links on each of the books to to Amazon uh, and Audible where you can purchase the books. The blog is Cover Me Boys. It's at WordPress, and it's uh, it's um, www.covermeboys.wordpress.com, and uh, I, I occasionally opine there. Um, and again, I can't. Uh, I hope you'll let me give a shout out to the folks, my publisher, Beacon Publishing Group, because they've been fantastic. And, and, uh, I'm just so thrilled to, you know, to be part of their stable. And I'm on Twitter, uh, when my wife lets me be on Twitter at KHH Author. And, uh, I mostly just read what everybody else writes, but every once in a while I'll chime in with something if I, if I think I can't, can't escape the conversation. <laughs> Keith, it's always a pleasure to uh, get to spend time with you. I always look forward to it because you're so much fun to talk with. I hope you'll come back and join me again soon, my friend. You're fantastic. I will come back anytime you ask, Chris. Thank you very much. And again, look look for we'll be in touch in between there, but look for uh, look for a copy of Song Girl in the mail. I look forward to it very much. Stay safe, my friend. All the best to you and Sarah and the rest of your family. And uh, like I say, we look forward to having you back on the show again soon. Thanks, Chris, and go Team USA. There you go. See you, Keith. That's the great Keith Hirschland, folks. H-I-R-S-H-L-A-N-D is the spelling of his last name. Every one of his books are fantastic. And, and you've heard me say this for years on this show. Cover Me, Boys, I'm Going In, Tales of, Tales of the Tube from a Broadcast Brat is my favorite book of all time because A, Keith is a great writer. B, he tells great stories and it, and C, it gets you behind the scenes of what it's like, you know, putting together these broadcasts that we're talking about, whether it's, you know, different sports or it's uh, mostly about golf. And then you get to learn about Keith's family and then his upbringing in the game and his father who was, was involved in broadcasting as well. So that's my all time favorite book, but the other ones are great as well. Big flies, the flower girl murder. And now Murphy, Murphy, in the case of Serious Crisis, is A, a, a great read, and B, they did a great job of, of uh, finding somebody that would do the book for Audible because not only did I read the book, I also listened to it as well, and uh, both things were very, very enjoyable. So uh, very much excited about Song Girl and seeing how that plays out, but he's a wonderful guy, and uh, hopefully we get to have him back on the show again soon. 